we're gonna we're gonna throw this up there, but we're gonna put a little intro on the front end of what it is. Oh boy. Are we, okay, you're both on. There we go. Now I got. No, I don't have anything in my headset. Hi. There, there we go. Hey, I can hear myself again. So we're doing so, an intro now. Yeah. Oh shit. You want me to just do it? <laughs> it's gonna be. I'll, I'm gonna just. It's gonna be short, to the point. Well, I'm used to dealing with being short, so. <laughs> And I stand problem. six foot, so you 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 do the uh, figuring out of that one. Okay, we got our sound engineer uh, ready to pull his hair out. I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> if we can edit this, we're gonna edit this. <laughs> so what do we want to do for an intro? I'm surrounded by idiots. Thanks for tuning in to SidetrackPulley.com and the inaugural podcast. I guess we'll call it that of. Sidetracked with Armstead and Posh. This is very, very preliminary. This is uh, unedited. It, it has no production behind it. It's may, basically just us riffing on some subjects and testing out all the equipment here in the studios, making sure that we have a product that we can deliver to you and be proud of in the 2016 year. But in the meantime, give it a listen. Give us your thoughts. Send us your feedback at ap at sidetrackpulling.com. Hold on. You sound way too official for what the heck we do. You do realize this is sidetracked, right? Yeah, trying to put production on something that isn't produced. <laughs> oh. Try to get A, B, C. I get A, lost right. after C. Okay. That's where seven comes in, right? <laughs> no, guys, this is how it's going to be. We're going to have some fun with it. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Sidetracked with Armstead and Post. Like and follow us. Give us your feedback. Like we said, this is a raw edit. We had a lot of fun with it, but uh, a lot more to come here in the future. So I uh, hope you enjoy what you hear. And uh, like I said, give us some feedback. We're dealing with idiots anyways, but... I'm surrounded by idiots. Other than you guys? Yes. Yes, there's more of us. An entire population. Kind of a cult following. They're called tractor pullers. I'm surrounded by idiots. Yep. Welcome to the fit area. <laughs> Armada 2014. <laughs> <laughs> a little methanol for the tractor, a little more for me. <laughs> it's pretty bad we got a guy that stands four or five cleaning his tractor off, and he gets tanked more than the rest of us. He is Frank the Tank. <laughs> Mr. Doug Rustin. You see Jody liked our page yesterday? Yes, I did. Yeah. That was awesome. Carl's uh, doing some recruiting for us over in the Great White North, as Jeremy Krieger likes to call it. But for us, we call it just across the bridge. Well, the Great White North? We're one of the few places on the planet where we can call the Great White North South. <laughs> <laughs> Worst part with that whole radio program Jeremy did, don't get me wrong, love Jeremy, great guy, is he kept referring to the Great White North. We got, never got further north than Toronto. Well, Which is not much farther north than the Upper Peninsula. I mean, you never made a past. All he did is Tom McKenzie LaRue. And they're not that far north. No, I, actually, I don't know who the furthest north puller in Canada would be. I'd probably somebody in Quebec. Well, they're out west on the plains. Well, Quebec, I, I, when you get out to Alberta, I think you're yeah, going to see a lot more. Over here in Ontario, really, LaRue's probably our it. I don't know. I'm not keeping up too much with OTTPA. Just, you know, just getting started with Southwestern. I'm getting a little more affiliated with them via Mr. Patrick Sanders. 
who's one of the announcers. His dad's also the main announcer for uh, OTTPA. Gotcha. Well, I guess we are officially up and running now. We are. Oh, dear God. Let's make it more official. If you want to get in touch with us, something we should know about, something you want us to advertise for you, if you want to just tell us to get lost, go ahead and find us at AP at uh, sidetrackpulling.com. You already know where to find us to listen to us because you are. Sidetrackpulling.com is the website. And find us on Facebook, Sidetracked with Armstead and Posh. Oh, God, yes. Don't ask me to spell my last name. I'm not doing it. It's only six letters. You'll figure it out. Oh, crap, I'm lost again. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all sort of sound like uh, Ahmed the Dead Terrorist. (laughs) You'll have that on the big jobs. A. So H. Flem. (laughs) Time for another cigarette. (sighs) Menthol. It's beautiful. So, we got material to cover here. I mean, we got, you and I have been active in uh, one main group mainly, Thumb Tractor Pullers Association, right here out of the Thumb of Michigan, covering bulk of the state when you actually start looking at the schedule. We do go to the west side, cover a lot. We are back up in the UP, Ken Ross bringing us on this year, uh, Thursday night pull up there this past year, just before our season finale in Elkton. I've also taken over doing quite a bit of announcing duties uh, over with uh, Southwestern Ontario Tractor Pullers down in the southwestern region of Ontario. Got some great results out there, some different classes. We'll get on them in later episodes, but just some awesome iron running over there. Yeah, some a little bit different, some different stuff. It's nice to go to different places and see different things around. And, you know, it's, it's funny, too. They're just they're across the river. It's literally we can... From where we're sitting, we could almost throw a baseball into another country, but you know, it's just a different world over there, what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, one of the polls I went to, I'm used to traveling from here, our home base in Port Huron for me, traveling to a thumb pole, bulk of which are an hour, hour and a half away, two hours away for me. It was different crossing an international border, but still being only 20 minutes from home. At one of their main polls. It was really cool. Great to be over there with them. Great family of pullers over there. But let's go back to our bread and butter. Thumb Tractor Pulling Association. Great crew running there. A lot of variety in classes from a Division Three, what we call Six Farm, but Division Three, 6,000 pound NATPA style class, all the way up to Super Farm. Some really highly contested races this year. Uh, not very many uh, runaways this year. The main standout there would have to be the 8,000 Diesel Pro Stock class. By far, absolutely. Ben Boom's just running away with the Play and Dirty MX International. But let's get into a little more of the tighter races we had. Six Farm was not a complete runaway. No, it wasn't. It kind of went down to the wire a little bit. It wasn't the, the nail-biter that was the year before, but, uh, you know, Lynn Garber did get the job done. He took the title, and he's, you know, a guy who's been there before. Uh, national championships for him in his past with NATP and the winter circuit. So it wasn't terribly surprising to see him do that, but, uh, yeah, nobody really rose to the occasion down the stretch, so to speak. He, he kind of was getting challenged with about two to go, 
then after Sandusky, you know, weird track that night uh, at Sandusky. We had the had the off weather. It wasn't its usual place, and some guys made some mistakes, and that led, allowed him to just get away. Another thing, well, with Sandusky this year is they put up some brand new grandstands on the south side of the track. Very nice. Great job to the 4-H Fair for doing that, expanding their area. But that also moved that track over about 10 to 15 feet yeah, from it its did. normal yeah. line. And Sandusky, for you followers who do have not competed with them and have gone to that venue, is a track that you run a sideline. You run that left-hand sideline as soon as you come off the line. Especially in Six Farm in the Six day Farm. in the daytime yes. session when they run. Well, actually, and that was another thing. They moved to a night session this year. Yes, we did. No longer are we on just one day of pulling up in Sandusky. No, we went to two days this year. And that made some big changes, uh... Some guys getting caught by turning down their test run. Mr. Ken Guile out of Davison, Michigan with his new Oliver 880 he's running with us. Uh, having the winning run sitting out north of uh, the 300-foot mark by a sizable distance, turning down and coming back. He was one of, one of several guys this summer who probably wanted to go back in the pit area and just punch themselves behind the trailer. A lot We saw that more this year than I've seen in a long time. But, I mean, let's we'll not focus on one pull, but, I mean, Six Farm, let's face it, uh, big heavy hitter missing this season. Mr. Lance Rosie, our 2014 points champion, not able to get his tractor back out this season, running in a mechanical failure late trying to get it back out. That definitely was a big... Uh, That's not his only excuse. I mean, Whitney's lovely and all, but having to go get married, come on. You could do better than that. That's the worst excuse. I mean, I got married in, oh gosh, what was that, 2011, and I still pulled. There's no reason for that. Right. But, I mean, definitely a big hitter missing from the group. Um, Buying the tractor from the Minneapolis Moline U Standard, uh, coming from the Spiegelberg clan, last of their farm stock tractors, and uh, walked away quite handily with the 2014 title. Did get to be a cl- tight points race in the end, but definitely made a big impression, scaring at least one puller that we know of. You know, something else that kind of stands out, too, is that uh, there's one guy in that class who wrote a pretty big check for a new motor and didn't win the title. Yeah, definitely has to hurt. And let's face it, here at Sidetracked, we warned you right from the get we are going to name names. Mr. Richard Kalisak definitely has got to be a little upset with the performance of his brand new Baker motor this season. I think most people know now, but we were we were asked to maintain silence during the season as to how big it was, but I think we can say now. Absolutely. Spill the beans. I mean, if you don't come out and win the points championship the first year with a motor that size, you, you don't have any right to keep silence. No, probably not. It's a 570. 570 okay yeah. i was i was old 576 but close enough still, well it's right in there yeah still a huge huge motor for a farm all m out of a four cylinder i mean there are super farms competing with thumb tractor pulling association right smaller now that. that are significantly yeah. smaller than that yeah and he's not even i mean he's not even the biggest uh you know it'll be interesting to see who shows up next summer but uh it could be some m's out there that Bigger than that, even. Well, you can't forget the Molines either. We always talk yeah. about the farm all M's and how big they are. Bulk of the Molines in the class are pushing 600 cubes plus. At least, yeah. 
I know one guy who has to be remain anonymous, so I won't bring up Sam's name at all. <laughs> who? <laughs> Mr. Gingell has to be remained anonymous, so I'm not going to bring his name up. Is that the same guy who's from Brown City? <laughs> you, you might know the guy, yes. Okay, but, so, I, but it's not him. No, it's not oh, him. Gotcha. I'm sorry. But he, he is does not uh, have a Moline that runs on propane. No, no, okay. not that guy. But oh, all right. He uh, he's close to the 600 uh, cubic inch mark, if not over. He wouldn't give me a definite mark. I can't understand why. I mean, I I am keeping my silence as best as I can. Yeah, but we never <laughs> said this. Nobody will know but us and the 120 people on Facebook. You're very <laughs> optimistic that that many people are going to listen to this garbage. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back into the points here. We're gonna well, we get sidetracked. That's kind of yeah, how we work. That, and get used to it. That's how it's gonna go. But yeah, running down through some of the other classes through the, through the season, V8 Hot Rods, no real surprise there. Jennings team really just walked away with it. Um, you know, the, it was the Ford's turn this year. That's kind of how we said things. Uh, you know, they, they started off the year with that one running better than the John Deere. So a lot of the the concentration for them went to that uh, that particular machine. Um, and they finished, you know, they wound up with one and two uh, in the final points. Kevin McNaught, keep them honest. He always does. Which actually, that's a <laughs> sidetrack. Here we go. <laughs> Kevin McNaught's original, his tractor came, his original owner, Todd Humpert. Looks like he's going to be back in uh, 2016 with another very old, very strong tractor out of this yeah, class. Yeah, once again, we're not going to name names, but him buying a tractor from Ed O'Duffer. <laughs> some Oliver 88 that's you know on the black side of green it's called coyote ugly i think i've never seen it before but making the purchase getting back in there there was rumor that todd was gonna get back in the seat of the old co-op uh did not make it out in there i was actually rather disappointed to see that but very cool seeing him get back in this class very highly competitive class seeing a lot of guys step up Probably one of the classes we're going to see the most changes in this season. Two guys yeah. making drastic changes. One going to a bigger motor, and another completely changing his Mopower power plant in the chassis. That'll be something to look forward to. You know, back to back to Todd when we when he owned up to this, we had to give him a pretty hard time about it. Wondering if he knew how to drive a pulling tractor with a slipper clutch for the first thing, and another thing was. That tractor's got a belly bar. Does he know what goes on there? Well, first things first. I mean, you got to adopt the Edo Duffer pulling style. Put some itching powder in your fire suit to start with. That starts. But not to mention, you got to be willing to smoke that clutch. I mean, not just burn it. I mean, completely smoke it <laughs> beyond the 150 foot mark before you go one to one. Yeah, at least. <laughs> at least. And, and you can't, the tractor will not come off the line at least it's been, unless it's been at least three gears before you decide which is the oh, right absolutely. one. Absolutely. You never get just one gear with that tractor. Ed's, Ed was notorious for that. He was the most animated guy I've ever seen on a starting line. I mean, he just he's in that case just a shaking and grooving and looking around and thinking about stuff, and he'd shove it in a gear, and, no, you see him shake his head, <laughs> grab another one. He made it work, but oftentimes he'd also climb down and walk by the announcer saying, oh, I shouldn't have put it in that gear. I, I knew better. You know, one thing, great to see the tractor back out, but definitely going to miss Shauna and Ed out there yeah. with us great couple shauna always right up there in the announcer's booth with yep. us you know keeping the distance keeping the mile an hour you know she knew 
she was the one we'd reference if we missed a distance or something. Yeah, she really she was, was right on the ball. Us. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, they were out. We did see. Uh, I, I did see her at uh, at Deckerville. She yes. stopped up to say hi, and I guess Ed was there. I missed him, and I regret that. But maybe with the tractor being up, maybe we'll get to see him some this summer. That'd be great. Now, one class we haven't brought up yet. I mean, we're only two in of what twelve classes. One you have to bring up this year, ten thousand farm. Yeah, third year for the class. And the third year in a row, I guess you can still call them a rookie team, so to speak. Not a lot of pulling experience before getting in the seat of this tractor. The 4-0 family, Jenny and Katie, once again, taking the 10,000-pound farm class. Third year in a row, great running John Deere 4320. Very impressive to have a three-peat in a three-year-old class with two female drivers, not sliding anybody in the least. But it's not something you hear very often. No, they absolutely dominated again this year. Ran just great. Uh, this class is going to be, it's going to be interesting. I know, um, you know, again, we're getting off track again, but that's what, what's going to happen. Um, th- their rules, because they are so new and, and we did hit that three-year mark, their rules were up for debate uh, or the, the rule book was open on them this winter. Uh, I did hear of some changes, but with the way TTPA works, that doesn't mean it's adopted yet. It's got to pass two readings of the board um I, I know there was a first reading i don't think with the schedule being what it is i don't think there's been a second one yet so we'll we'll work on that we'll, we'll let you know in future episodes what's yeah, going on there sounded like there wasn't going to be many changes we do have they are in a tight box i say i do say we uh, you know i was part of part of that getting that formed and we put them in a box to kind of kind of keep the cost down i hope they stay there uh, tail end of the season though i gotta admit Walk in the pit area, talking to these guys, what they had in store for 2016, it's already gotten expensive. Oh, absolutely. But that's the nature of pulling anymore. I mean, no matter how inexpensive you try to build a class, if you want to build horsepower, blow smoke, and attract a crowd. Beer. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> I'll leave it in. What the hell? But you got you're gonna have to spend money, and that that's unfortunately the nature of the beast. But that's how it's been since the beginning of the sport. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's 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 uh, get through some more of these others uh, in the Pro Street class. Um, it was a team of uh, Mark Wisniewski and Steve Wetter taking it in Pro Street pickup trucks with the Legend Chevrolet. Um, the second place guy, Darren Mazur, good to see him out going for a full tour. Um, really. Had a spooky start to his year. Uh, freak circumstance in Peck. He breaks a transfer case in the test session to start the season. And then he's probably the only guy who leaves that pole happy because the sled has a problem and we can't finish the pole. Everybody else was mad, myself included, because it had been 10 years or better since we'd had a sled breakdown. He left ecstatic. Yeah, did not lose any placing in the points. Was able to have it back together. Got was up. Talking to him at his uh, place of employment up in Bad Axe and uh, told me what went on. He goes, it's a common problem with these. He goes, I'm working on getting a better shaft. Came out and just completely held in there with the class. Very hard to beat the Wisniewski wetter team right now. Two years in a row with the legend. Brand new motor in that chassis this year and was not able to escape uh, issues with that motor either. I know you didn't come with us. On the northern swing, but had problems with a block, blocked breather on the exhaust manifolds and uh, had two fires, one up in Alpena and one in Sheboygan with the truck. Yeah, I did see videos of that. Yep. So another great, highly competitive class, Pro Street. We'll get into the details of that 
as we go on with this show, we're going to get you familiar. One thing we're going to make sure we cover is uh, a lot of the ins and outs of these classes. We're going to get a little more technical than a lot of other people. You know, give you the numbers, give you the cubes, give you the specs. Because you know what? There's more than just a casual listener uh, tuning in to us, hopefully. There's going to be some dedicated pullers out there, you yeah. know? The best spectator is an educated one. Yep. Diesel Pro Stock, we talked about them already. The Booms Boys getting the job done uh, there in that class. That class will be interesting to watch in the next couple of years, depending on what happens with something else. Light Limited Super, it's, uh, I'll have to find out. We will find out, actually, um, in week two when we talk to Ed Shoebridge where things are at on the east side of the state as far as that class goes. Um, the Hot Diesel Trucks, again, another class that's probably... On the ropes as far as its future existence, Troy Kasiba dominating. Of course, he was the only really true 3.0 truck left running it. Well, uh, rumors through the rumor mill, you know, the old uh, under pressure Chevrolet no longer going to be a 3.0 truck. It is going down to 2.5, as yeah. is Joe Bader, our uh, Cummins power plant in that class, all making the move back to the very highly competitive 2.5 diesel class less of a surprise for joe he still straight drives that but uh troy's another another matter but we uh we'll find out when spring rolls around yep super farm um again probably not so much a surprise that kevin mcnault and the green energy john deere uh walked away with it uh but it was uh, what was a bit of a surprise is who it was chasing him it was the the smiglinski team that was uh the number two finisher not the usual uh full blast contingent uh keeping him honest well, big problem with the full blast, uh, having suffered some engine damage, I do believe up in Alpena, setting them out for the rest of the season. Yeah, it did. But Smoglinski's definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, rumor has it it is just a 466, uh, take it or leave it, but... That's a future show, too. Yep, we'll get into that later, but uh, definitely, if he's doing the small cubes, very impressive, but... Uh, We'll see uh, see how that goes. Super stock truck was probably the one class that really captured the attention during the season, and not necessarily for the reasons we'd want. Wow. Uh, you want to talk about a class that made money for parts suppliers? <laughs> yeah. This is the class this year. If you had anything do, to do with valve train on a truck, you were excited this year. Yeah, those guys wind these 470s hard. And uh, it was a Wisniewski team that, that backed up their championship again. But um, uh, they really... didn't back one up. Uh, they dethroned uh, Mr. Hewitt with a couple right. of time. Yep, that's right. And Hewitt was another one where you know he would have been right there with them, but engine problems for him. But really, I was so happy to see the Simmons team figure their truck out. They were number two on the end, on the year. Definitely deserved it. Absolutely, a very hardworking uh, brother team. Three brothers involved there, two sharing driving duties. Really got their chassis and uh, motor setup figured out this year. Brand new paint scheme for them out there, and it, everything just seemed to work. It was kind of nice, you know. Simmons team really stepping up in more ways than one this season, helping out John Smith in the V8 class. Yeah, what they did for him. Uh, what was they amazing. did for the him. And we'll give you a little sneak preview on that. Definitely something I want to hit on later on in another show. But uh, John Simmons running what he calls a junkyard 350, basically just a 350 small block out of a Chevy truck sitting out of a junkyard, threw it in a chassis just to keep up there, trying to get his big motor built, ran a lot of issues with that. Simmons family stepping up, 
helping him finish his big motor and also supplementing a 327 small block to get him by until that big motor was done and uh man ran great yeah sure did happy happy for for john smith but also for the for the simmons team too that was nice to nice to see them step up and offer their support and assistance and keep keep numbers out there frankly for for the association too. keep our entry rolls going so that was good class we got a hit on 2.5 diesel yep they're the last ones what a year guy great guy who uh, won the points championship this season changed his driving style completely and i'm throwing what i would have figured to be the points champion this year with tony burkhardt not running yeah Dirty Hooker original this season. Kevin Dukoski, um, Rocky Bouveret coming in, changing his driving style up completely and running away with the class. We still got to find out what why the truck's called Hollywood's Obsession. Hollywood's Obsession. I do have the insight on You know that. this. Good. Yes, yes. Educate. Talked to Rocky a few times. Actually talked to him about two weeks ago. Great guy to just converse with. Love Rocky. Um, he just puts the Bluetooth in while he's uh, hauling that stuff around, does he? Yeah, he's uh, full of crap uh, multiple times a day. Yeah. <laughs> full disclosure, his job is manure. His craps are his bread and butter, you know? Yeah, right. What can you do? But uh, his nickname's Hollywood. That's just a okay. pretty boy, I guess, you know, uh, face for Hollywood. I'd argue that, but that's beside the he point. He doesn't use any more hair gel than me. <laughs> oh, boy. That reminds me. I got to go invest in uh, hair gel stocks. I was going to say, that's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess Hollywood himself is obsessed with everything, especially when it comes to his truck. And uh, Mama wouldn't let him name the truck what he wanted to actually name it, so it became Hollywood's obsession. So, kind of a little boring story. I was hoping for a little more out of it, but uh, the names he had picked out were uh, quite good. I don't remember them offhand, but that would be for sidetracked off the rails anyways. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. We aren't going to go into what that is just yet. No, no. So, so what's, ne- what's next on the docket? Well, I guess we just got done with uh, TTPA. Great point season this year. Now I get to go into a club that I've gotten uh, relatively familiar with, Southwestern Ontario Tractor Pullers. Oh, it's Dicker Day. Oh, she's friggin' Deckard. Really neat setup they have over there. They only have about five, six classes over there. They're not really loaded heavy with iron. But every vehicle runs at two different weights. So you're going to see tractors in their light, limited pro stock class running at 6,500 pounds and 7,000. You're going to see their hot farm running at eight 9,000 pounds. You're going to see their limited pro stock also running at eight, I believe, what is it, seven and eight? Yep, 7,000 and 8,000 pounds. Oh, I got that wrong. Eight, nine thousand. If I'd read my uh, material, I'd know this. You know, it's kind of like the old days. You know, when multiple weight breaks on a weekend, and uh, some would say the good old days back in the seventies and eighties. And another neat one is their Super Farm class. They run an NTPA Super Farm class at ninety three hundred pounds, but they also step up to ten thousand pounds with it. And you really wouldn't think seven hundred pounds makes a difference. 
but definitely seeing uh, later in the cl- late in the season when I got into it some uh, differences just with that extra weight. Couple uh, pullers dominating more at the heavyweight. They also run a NTPA legal uh, two wheel drive class in their pro street or the, what I would call pro street, but their uh, four wheel drive pickup class. Get into the points, results right off the back. Doug Rustin, we talked about him earlier. Great guy, stray voltage, international 666, turbocharged on gasoline, running away with the points in the 6,500-pound light-limited pro-stock class and the 7,000-pound light-limited pro-stock class. Well, you're saying all these nice things about him. He's going to have like a... A satin jacket with a caricature of himself on when he gets to Gordyville, is he? Oh, he's just going to have a bunch of rye, but that's beside the point. Well, you got to sleep with him. Nope. I got my own <laughs> hotel room this year. <laughs> but oh, you mean he's not going to sleep under the sink this time? No, no. He's probably still going to sleep under the sink, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Best part is he can stand up and not even hit the sink. <laughs> the only guy I know who can stand next to a 38-inch tire... The tire's about six inches taller than him on a good day. <laughs> but uh, no thing to note, class, they can run diesel or gasoline. Uh, the Adams and Rustin family going together on Holy Cow, a black-colored International 666 on diesel, taking second point, second in the points for both both classes this year. You got away with that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> we'll go into limited pro stock class. The, the involuntary arbitrator has been awfully quiet tonight. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to be keeping us in track, but... Uh, he's just been letting us fly. You know, oh, please, I am so not responsible for keeping you guys on track. <laughs> <laughs> My wife says the same thing. <laughs> That's why we don't have one of those. <laughs> no, you just have X ones of those. New subject. <laughs> so moved. <laughs> I'm outvoted again. So be it. But let's get into 8,000 limited pro stock class. 2.5 charger. 515 cubic inch limit. Being won by the Green Reaper tractor in both the heavy and light class. Scott Roger running it in the 8,000 pound light class and. Rob Roger, president of Southwestern Ontario, winning it in the 9,000-pound class. Absolutely great. Great running John Deere. Uh, Saw pictures of it. It was bare bones uh, just until about the last little bit of the spring. Finally got it back done. Uh, Roll on into... uh, Hot Farm, Charlie Walter winning the class. Beautiful case 930. Second year running the class. Started the class with only three tractors. Ended up to six this year. Great effort put forth. Uh, Trevor Tyler in the class clown. Ford 8000 coming in second. Really pressuring um, Charlie Walter quite hard with it. We can get into the uh, super stock four wheel drive truck class. Both light and or both classes, they run them twice. Same weight though. Uh, being won by two hooks three, run by Jay Zoltis. Awesome guy. Truck getting its name. 
because uh, Jay being involved in an accident has uh, lost both arms from the elbow down, and he has two hooks. That's an interesting story in and of itself. I mean, it's it's really... It's impressive watching him. Great guy. Uh, third version of the truck and just dominating the class. Um, Bill Marsh coming in second this season with LB maxed. Uh, Chevrolet dominating this dominating the class over there. Um, did not see a single Ford, probably because they were broke down sitting on the side of the road, but you'll have that with them trucks. Hey, now. <laughs> um, new class to them this year. We'll keep on rolling here. 8,000 mod, street mod diesel class. Um, class getting formed by Carl Cross from here on the state side. You, you mean Jedediah Cross? Yes, Jedediah Cross. Uh, he shaved his beard, so he's no longer Jedediah. So he I, did. Yep, yep. He, him winning with... He must have found a girl. No, something to do with uh, Halloween. I don't know. He's Halloween every day. No kidding. Well, look at his truck. Uh, winning the class of the inaugural season this year um, with the Duramac. No, I did not mispronounce that. I guess Carl couldn't afford the loan on a Mack truck, so let's turn my pickup truck into it with a side stack, air horns on the roof, and uh, clearance lights. You know, why not? Lots of chrome. We kid him, but I tell you what, he did a good job fabbing that. You know, great truck. We'll have Carl on here uh, as we get closer to uh, the Burville event. He was the first guy that actually requested to be on this show, and we, we immediately questioned his sanity. No kidding. I'm questioning your sanity willing to work with me, but then again, you've done it for a while, so so be it. I've gotten used to you. <laughs> but uh, the Duramac, uh, great running truck, winning the street mod uh, class this year. Two-wheel drive trucks, uh, Super Digger, Terry Marsh. Marsh family, very, very involved with Southwestern Ontario. Uh, winning that one. Anger Management, Matt Marsh coming in second place. Anger Management, I just saw, is up for sale. Full NTPA caliber two-wheel drive truck. So if you want a T-bucket. It's an ex-Tom LaRue truck, is it not? Yes, it is Tom LaRue's old T-bucket. Um, if you want one, I'm sure uh, Matt will be willing to work out a very reasonable financing rate. You know, like 25% interest. and. Well, the Fed raised rates today, so that's going to go up. Oh, boy. Last class on the books over there in old good old Great White North, as it's been referred to. Not much white over there right now, but uh, Super Farm class, eight nine eighty three hundred and nine or ten thousand pound weight limits. Um, Jason Podolinski with a John Deere forty nine fifty five, walking away with it. Bill Wright coming in second with the old Deere John Deere forty three twenty. Uh, another class suffering a lot of breakage. Um, a lot of guys missing over there in Canada this year, but it seemed like the breakage bug was very prevalent across the different uh, pulling organizations this year. So that wraps up Southwestern Ontario. I think we need a break. <laughs> well, I guess we're back with Sidetracked. I'm Armstead, he's Posh. And this is just screwed up. <laughs> but I guess we're going to get serious here for a minute. Something we have to bring up. Guy who is near and dear to Charles in my heart. Uh, lost him this season. Uh, Mr. Frank Macko 
big competitor in southwestern Ontario, uh, passing away. Ran the light limited pro stock class with a international 666 called the Freight Train. Yeah, I'm Frank. Uh, Frank's always been a big supporter of pulling over on this side of the river. Uh, always came to Armada, even going back to when I was a little kid. My early memories of him were with you know it didn't have a name back then. Had the narrow front end on it, ring cap on the stack, and you know he'd come out there with I don't know what they were twenty point eight, thirty eights or whatever on the back, single charger, and he'd always be in some sort of not he would he would jump up and run with the super stocks but always in some kind of a mod farm class. I remember that very vividly when I was a child. Very lucky that uh, I was able to, to be an announcer uh, there at Armada and in later years get to get to meet him. Always had great things to say. Class guy. He'll be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first poll going over to uh, get to know the guys with Southwestern Ontario was in Dresden. Um, when was that? End of July? Yeah. And uh, got to watch him pull. Unfortunately, was his last pull. But over there, they do not do uh, a lot of floating finishes. So it was a full pull. Uh, great guy right up the end running his tractor as hard as he could. Uh, definitely going to be missed. Southwestern Ontario doing something great for the Macko family. Yeah, they had a great tribute to him. Um, forming the Frank Macko Memorial award uh to be given by the secretary of southwestern ontario and uh they were looking for sportsmanship uh kind words willing to give a hand when needed with competitors early to polls and uh gotta be honest couldn't have picked a better guy to uh receive the award for the first year uh code red Mr. Uh, Ron Tatro. Ron Tatro. Thank you. Drawing a blank. Uh, another great competitor. Always a big supporter over here. Only Canadian coming over for our mate of the season, but just has done a lot for me, helping me out with Southwestern, gave me my first uh, gig over there uh, in Alvinston. He's very big involved with. Um, and if it sounds like we're overusing superlatives, we're really not. We do mean it about these guys, Frank and Ron both. Just first-class guys you know one thing over with the poll southwestern ontario a lot of great guys but definitely some class acts that stand out uh wayne wall's another one um but frank ron just awesome people and i was so happy to see ron receive the award very an emotional award for everybody involved um definitely hit close to home and uh Frank definitely going to be missed. Absolutely, by by everybody, both on both on their side of the river and over here. Like I said, he was never shy about coming over and pulling over here, especially at Armada. Always was there, so it's definitely there's a hole there. Yep. So well, let's get to a little brighter note here. Get uh get onto some other stuff. Where do we want to go from here? I know you have some topics. I guess one surprise topic that you wouldn't fill me in on last night, you jerk. Oh, the one... Are we talking about the one that blew up today? Oh, is that it? Yeah. Well, that wasn't the plan. It just... Uh... All right, so where are we going with this? <laughs> if you're on Facebook and you follow the Antique Tractor Pulling Forum, it's Wheelie Wednesday. 
Wheels Up Wednesday, whatever they want to call it. And so we decided to uh, share some photographs and, and talk a little bit about what goes on in this part of the country. Something crazy that we came up with this past summer, the bolsterless 5,500-pound class. Great class. I have competed in it. There's pictures out there of me running with my uh, Farmall 460. Normally running in a 6,000-pound Division three class. And uh, this year, Mr. Mark Osborne... Uh, Starting out this class just as a gag, let's have some fun. And uh, just a couple turns of the wrenches, you could be competing with it. Definitely take some talent to keep the front end in the air. Um, as we're saying, bolsterless, there is no front end left under the tractor. Uh, mine very easy, being a narrow front farm all four bolts, drop it out. I think we've only had one guy who tried it with, with the wide front. Yep. Um, Mr. Ethan Berry stepping up this year, trying it. Uh, James, I've done it. You've done it. Composos. James Hunt. Um, Mr. Gary Heberling uh, himself giving that a shot. A lot of fun. Take some talent to run. It's not really a speed limit class. You know, we're not concerned with that. Most of the guys want to go slow because, again, you don't have a front axle, so you really don't want to get smoking down through there because if you drop it in the dirt, it's going to stop quick. Um, you know, logistics behind it. It's really nothing more than just having the forklift or the loader that we got on site for loading the weights in and out of the sled. They drop us in front of the sled. Off we go. At the other end, another one takes us off. No big deal. A lot of balance. Um, definitely taught me how to utilize my belly bar as effective as I can. Yes, and you see that in the picture of yours. You know, you didn't even put any nose weight on it. You ran everything on the belly bar, left that front end to be exposed, and... It worked. You know, normally when you see me out there running, I'm running about two, 200 to 200 pounds on the nose in the 6,000-pound class. And uh, stepping up to bolsterless. Oh, that oh God, that was awesome. <laughs> but uh, stepping up to the bolsterless, still running a lot of weight on the back, trying to make sure I had that leverage point to keep the front end up. But... Uh, Two technical things that we did notice, you know, really, it, it's especially on the big end of the track, the John Deere guys and, and some of the Moline guys who have the, the hand clutch, it really works good for them. They're able to be nice and gentle with their iron, but um, getting up out of the hole, really the Moline guys and, and international guys can take advantage of this with the later model internationals, the, having the TA, where you can start in the low side and just kind of get the thing up off the ground and then go to that higher gear without having to step on the clutch and dip it. And you know my driving style with uh, me running with thumb tractor pullers. I'm allow only allowed one shift, so normally I don't do that upshift. But uh, going to bolsterless, you know, it's it's kind of been a gag class. We just go have fun. And uh, I couldn't believe the turnout we got this year. Six to ten guys per event. We ran two, three different events. And, uh, man, we, it's been fun. It's been fun. It works for the lightweight, the antiques. We had Mike Brohl try it with the 10 farm. It they, wasn't they honestly, pretty. <laughs> no, they go too fast. It just, yeah. And, and they don't have the movable weight. And Mike has more movable weight than most guys in that class. He's got so much aluminum in that thing. But And a big difference is with the 10,000-pound farm class that runs with Thumb Tractor Pulling Association is no-cut tires. Yeah, so he did not have that no, bite yeah. to torque it up right away. Yeah, those guys And don't. that it was not pretty. Got to give him credit for having the stones to go out there and try it. It's real important to get square into the sled, too, and just start. You know, you don't if you're dragging it around sideways, you, know, you really want to get started nice and straight. Yeah, you can bring it around with the brakes, but it's, you know, there's abrasion problems going on there. We've seen what happens to happen the brakes. You saw me in Smith's Creek. 
get over that right side of the track, which is notoriously horrible, yeah. and trying to tap that brakes to bring it around. The front end starts bobbing down, and then you go into panic mode. You don't want to nosedive it and cause any issues to the tractor. But definitely a learning curve. Can't wait to see this class grow. A lot of guys getting interested in it. You know, Ethan Barry stepping up with, his, what was it, his 445? I think that's what, I don't know. It's so rusty, I don't know what that thing is. It's Ethan. What Looks what like most of his ex- tractors. Yes. But he him stepping up down in Fowlerville with it. We ran in Smith's Creek, um, Deckerville. When the push rod covers the brightest painted thing on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that includes the wheels. <laughs> the ones that are still on there. But uh, we will name drop here. Uh, Mr. Brian Lively looking to do an article on it. A lot of guys call him BS on this, but uh, we're going to have an article in the Accusations hook Accusations about Photoshopping and everything else. I mean, jeez. You know, I mean, I can't wait to see this hook article come out. Uh, be the second article I've been in. And uh, just an awesome class all around. Yeah, it's goofy. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But you know what? Pulling when it boils down to it is about having fun. And this class is just fun. It's one of those things we do just as a goof. You know, we do it three times this year. Three or four. I can't remember. I know I missed one of them breaking a hitch, so I wasn't able to make the last hook with it. But, you know, what can I do when, you know, your girlfriend breaks my tractor? Right. Well, <laughs> she, she was taught well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the story on that. Look for that in the Hook magazine. That'll be coming this uh, this year. And, man, there's certainly, like I said, there's a discussion on it on Facebook. In the antique tractor pulling forum, guys call them BS, but we were there. We lived it. You know, I I can't wait for it next year. I thought this was just going to be, you know, stupid. But we've seen Mark. We, get, you know what? we And this is a discussion we had. We never did anything with it this year. We're going to do it next year. We're going to add this to Friday Night the Great Lakes Classic. This is going to be a jackpot class. Absolutely. We, we talked about it. Um, definitely promoted very hard with Smith's Crick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was not able to do it as a competitive class. I did it early in the season with the Eastern Michigan hook. Well, that's you, what you get for being there. a promoter, right? Being a promoter did not have time, but uh, definitely a cool class. Um, God, just so much fun with that. And Mark, as I was starting to say, very notorious for wanting to do goofball things. You know, he thinks outside the box. He always has. You know, let's set the speed limit at two point five miles an hour. You know, things like that, just just to goof around and have fun. Which really tripped up the TA guys when we hit them with that one. They were like, oh, yeah, we'll just upshift. Two and a half miles. An- oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I learned real quick you stay on the low side in that class. I <laughs> wonder what we might get away with with nine speed and something. I've honestly thought about nine speeding my TA tractor. Just so that way I have the ridiculous amount of gears to go through you're gonna have to like put some kind of flow chart on the uh, fender to <laughs> what gear do i go in this lever forward that one back do the hokey pokey it's like running a twin strict truck you know you just got to get the feel for it i don't want to hear about you feeling a stick <laughs> after hours or what do we call it? off the rails that's yeah. right soon to come I, I i'm still not sure we want to hear about you feeling a stick no I, I don't enjoy doing it either. I still don't want to hear any more. <laughs> it's bad enough what goes on with morning advice. Let's not bring it into this show. That <laughs> is part of After Dark too. Don't, don't make me use the mute button. 
<laughs> so next topic, one I want to bring up. Probably the most interesting advertising campaign I have ever seen come out. Uh, Hypermax debuting their 15mm P8600 pump, cast aluminum pump, but not legal anywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to wonder what the angle is here with this. This is this is an interesting development, and they chose to run the ad. It was, I, from what I was told, it was the inside cover of the puller. Yes. Yes, it was. Seeing pictures of it, I do not get the puller, but... Uh, Definitely some interesting feed going on the different forums out there. Pull off having two, three different feeds or uh, yeah, feeds going on uh, involving it. Kind of gonna be interested to see, you know, what's going on here. You know what? And by extension, it's triggered a discussion on the legalities of the eighty six hundred in and of itself because it's not a not a Bosch pump itself. It comes. From a company out in California, and I assume they're the distributor in the United States for it. It's Chinese. It does have industrial uses, and there seems to be some back and forth about 8600s being on various trackers around the country, and that's not technically a legal pump in and of itself. But uh, Hypermax kind of being savvy here, I think, just a little bit, throwing a price on it. It's competitive with what you would pay for a 15 millimeter 7100. It's competitive with the Cast Sigma on price. And they back it with that one-year unlimited warranty, which nobody does. You put this thing in enough people's hands, and rule books are going to start changing. You know, right in their ad, they say, you want to run this pump. Contact your tech officials, you know, officials from your state and local level all the way up through the NTPA. Get this thing legalized. Not something you'd think you'd hear from a builder that's been there from... Basically, the true beginnings of the horsepower races. The only thing I can figure is the reason they're trying to do something like this is building that building a 15 millimeter 7100 base pump that's going to be legal and pass tech. They probably had more problems with it because, let's face it, that pump housing is about like dealing with an engine block, which is another discussion we want to get into. The bigger you start boring it out to fill this thing up with, it starts getting weak. We know somebody in Super Farmer had yes. one of these these pump housings fail on them before the season started. They go to this cast housing where they can move things around and create the space and have that 15-millimeter plunger in there stabilized and, and introduce it as a project or a product on, their, on their, their line. Now they're taking probably one, maybe two employees off of having to manufacture and rework these 7100s and having to back them up when they break, rededicate that guy to another project they want to work on and sell these cast pumps off the shelf that aren't going to break. You know, and... The argument, you know, well, it was never around and all that. My argument is, okay, let's take a state-level cl club, so to speak, like Thumb, where John Deere's are out there. They're running blocks that have been brand-new cast, you know, casted 2011, 2014, 2015, that they're able to move cam bearings and things like that to get this monstrous throw out of them. And they're saying that's a completely legal block. Well, if your argument is, well, it's a recast, it's not allowed. Well, how are you letting these guys run their own recast, but you're not going to allow this injection pump that is a factory-looking pump, still a cast pump? We're not even into billet yet. No, it's just a competitor for the cast Sigma. And you want to complain about it? Let them run it. We need some horsepower gains again. And have, We're and running have out of turbocharger technology. 
Yeah, have it be something reliable, I suppose. And you know, I don't, I don't know the particulars and the ins and outs on on fuel pumps. It's 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 way above my head, especially on the the dynamics of it all. You know, I'm, I'm not trained in in fluid dynamics or hydraulics or anything of that nature. But I definitely understand that when you hog out a casting of aluminum or steel or whatever they're made out of, and put these giant plungers in there with a real aggressive camshaft that's driving those plungers, and the thing breaks. You know, I just spent, I just paid you ten grand to build me one of those things, and it's trashed within three weeks. Where I can put this cast thing in there, and you're gonna back it up for a year. Sign me up. Absolutely. I mean, it's a matter of time. Is all it is to boil down to it. It's a matter of time. You know, Hypermax is definitely taking a big gamble, going out there, putting that product out there. They must see something coming along that the rest of us aren't. I got to think so. You know, part of it might be on the production base, like I already said. But, you know, and it, there's no question who they're targeting with this either. They call them out right in the ad specifically. This pump is not designed to flow the kind of numbers you want in a pro stock or a super stock. This is this is targeted at a light pro, a super farm, a 4.1 guy, a diesel pro stock or a 3.0 truck guy. Yep. They're, they said pro light pro field all the way up, you know, and definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, a lot of technology out there going into turbochargers, but let's face it, injection pumps have stayed fairly stagnant. Yeah, the CNC technology that got into the turbos big time just hasn't translated into the pump world. We'll see. I mean, you're seeing guys, I mean, all right, we're seeing 7100s out, 15, 16 millimeter plungers out of a cast, but you're seeing a lot of breakage out of that because the cast bodies just don't have the material left. They no. handle that size plunger. No, and, and I've, I've, again, I'm probably talking way out of turn because I don't understand pump work too much. The, the limiting factor has also become, based on what I've read, and I'm just, I'm parroting somebody else, not saying he's right or wrong, that really, it, it, when you get to that size of a plunger, especially at the high RPMs, the problem becomes that the design of the casting itself can't refill the plungers fast enough. So now you've got, and that may be something, you know, now I'm free thinking on this. You're getting cavitation careful, issues careful. or something in there where that's what's breaking them. You know, maybe, I don't know, but, you know, maybe that's where the source is. Maybe this going to this this cast pump where it's a clean sheet of paper design is going to keep some guys out there, keep them on tour. And, uh, you know, there's some grueling points races out there all across the country. If it's going to be more reliable, I'm all for it. And that's another argument. You know, I mean... Look at the 2.6 class for PPL this year. They're trying to push stop factory drive lines right to the max. A lot of guys suffer yeah. breakage. Where do you say enough's enough and cry uncle? Yeah, they tried, and I, that's a subject we're probably going to talk about on a future episode. I know Outlaws is confronting this issue as well with what to do. Uh, Outlaws, really, because their 2.6 class got killed with breakage problems this summer. They wanted to go open drive line as the answer, but... Maybe the solution is as simple as contact patch. Don't allow the dual rear tires. If you can't put the power down, you can't torque up your, your drivetrain. If you can't torque up your drivetrain, you can't brake stuff. Maybe that's where it goes. Visually, too, for, for the uninitiated, having a single rear wheel 2.6 class, maybe that's better because it differentiates you from a 3.0. But then again, you're kind of getting away from the nature of the 2.6 class, being able to run them duals differentiating you from a 2.5 class, which rumor has it PPL is going to be bringing out next season anyways. 
Yeah, there, and there's changes also on the Chargers, too. There may come a day when 2.6 and 3.0 are something nobody talks about anymore because it doesn't exist. Just like 2.8 went the way of the Dodo Bird. Yep, definitely a class mix. Uh, but still run over in Canada, so we still have our opportunity to see it. And it's only because of Jedediah. <laughs> no, his is 2.6. No, uh, OTTPA is running a 2.8. Oh, really? Yep, there's a wow, few the guys up ones. there that are running it. They're the last ones. What else you got you want to get covered? I mean, uh, God, we got a lot of material, but I mean, a lot of stuff we can devote to almost a single show on, you know, I mean. Yeah, there's going to be some things. Uh, I guess we'll just go ahead in preview mode, I suppose. Something we want to talk about in future episodes, in addition to coming events that are going to be happening through the winter, we're going to, get, we're going to dissect each and every one of those. We'll get the Mitas tire, this new thing that they came out with. It's been previewed everywhere. Got the chance to see one of these at Gordyville and talk to one of the engineers behind it. And was waiting anxiously to see what was going to happen this summer with prototypes being out, tested out in the field. Never did see any. Uh, finally, the lock and load Superstock team had some pictures up of one of their tires. They, they're on it, I suppose, for this winter. We'll see. And it did look like they were cut up just like you'd see on a Polar 2000. So... Yeah, I don't know. Jury's out, maybe. I, the initial conversation, I was told degree angles of 7 to 11, not 23 like we're used to. Yeah, and definitely a little disappointed seeing the 23 degree right on and off the get. You know, I mean, that's an expensive tire just to go out and buy where you get the opportunity to experiment with cuts. But then again, maybe Firestone the, was right. You're the first team out there. Do you want to buy five, six sets of carcasses? To try different degrees? Well, and that was a conversation that was had on some of the message boards here back back over the summertime was how far does it go? Uh, some guys, um, I'd have to dig it up and find it. I want to say Bill Voris was one of them, was pushing for the idea of a spec tire with NTPA just to avoid the costs. And, and if I'm misquoting you, Bill, I'm sorry. Um and I'll correct the record. Right. You feel free to Let's email us. You can here. too. Bill Voorhees is probably not tuning into sidetracked. Let's be honest. Well, probably not. But <laughs> in the in the event that he is, of course, he's allowed to correct the record. But how you know, bored could he be on a Wednesday night to tune into sidetracked? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not passing judgment on Bill's lifestyle. I mean, we're the ones who are sitting here, right? But anyway, you know, how far do you go? Do you have a, do you get this blank sheet of paper tire that you, you've got your sand track tire, you've got your hard pan tire, you've got your muddy, sticky gumbo tire, and you're, you've got to be hauling around five or six sets of tires in your hauler just to go to a pole. Could it get there? Yeah, because guys are going to spend the money. Somebody will. Yeah, it's just. You're going to a group that, point blank, yes, they're on the cusp of technology, trying to get every ounce of horsepower out, but are still very old-fashioned in their mindsets on a lot of things. And the Midas Tire, very big over in Europe, but I in don't the egg world, it is. I haven't, and I'm, t I don't know, I don't know if they're pulling them or not over there. It's you know they're based out of Czechoslovakia. It's a European company, but I don't know if they're running them. I've heard stories that there is YouTube video of this stuff out there. I haven't found it yet. You haven't had enough beer if you can still say Czechoslovakia. Good point. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we'll touch on that. For Here's the record. You just said it as well. Yes, I know my issue. <laughs> 
something that actually is timely. Uh, Miles Krieger is, was soliciting ideas for this for for the Miles Beyond 300 blog, and you know when we get into the actual produced shows that we're going to do after the first of the year, this will be a dead topic. So it's it's timely and relevant right now, and that is story of the year 2015. There's a lot. There is, and, and some of the things that have been floated out there, um, Carol Sushi, and I, I promise, I, I apologize if I'm butchering her last name. Lord knows people have done it to me for years, so I get it. Her story coming back in the four-wheel drives. Can't say that I'm terribly familiar with, with her particular story, but uh, it was a welcome return to the tour for her. Uh, had some success, some wins, and, and so... Hats off to her, and and great job there. Uh, Scott Tedder was mentioned getting the Grand National Mod title with Mr. Twister. They've been around since forever. For Scott to get one to put up there with Jax. Another uh, great puller involved with the sport and multifaceted in that. You know, building chassis for other pullers. Uh, I know, what was it, last year we were hoping to see them up at Armada. Was, there was not talk. able to yeah. get up there due to uh, a certain modified deciding it did not want its engines anymore. Yeah, there was that. They, I think that's probably an episode that everybody involved would like to forget, even though it's a highlight reel. Yes. <laughs> oh, it'll be a highlight reel for years. Forever. Forever. Not going to lie, that's probably the event of the decade because we've never seen anything like that before. You may have something there. Might be. Might be. But happy for Scott and Kara. Great first-class people. Glad, glad that they were able to capture that. Uh, the Light and Limited title. Going to Keith Wason, rookie, coming out with uh, you know Brad Corporal chassis, which is a proven commodity, but still going out there with, with two Hemis and on a real light wedge chassis and being able to whoop up on some guys who've been doing this forever. Pretty impressive. Another uh, story that came up out of that uh, was the Cheezik team in Light Limited, or not Light Limited, but in the Light Super, winning it in both NTPA and PPL. They also took the Super Stock Open title of NTPA, kind of a level of across-the-board dominance that we don't see too often. Uh, It's still, people want to make the comment, ah, well, that's what you can do when you can buy a championship. Well, you still got to go out there and do it. You know, Cheez-Ix is definitely something I'd love to get into later. You know, very dominant team. Uh, Terry Blackburn and his son out there running for them. Uh, campaigning four tractors out there. Two light super stocks. Two open super stocks. I don't care how much money you have. You still have a lot of outgoing income, you know, to keep them tractors on the track. Washington and Bowling Green this year. Um got done down in Bowling Green and quick shipped the tractors out to New York to be able to go run out there for the PPL pull. Um, Hard team to argue with, but uh, I know I have my reservations on mindset on that whole deal. It is what, you know, I'm not going to pass judgment one way or another. You know, let's face it, if we all could, we would. 100%. 10 times over. Mike, if there's any chance that you're listening, um, I'm a very quick study and be more than willing to uh, <laughs> to uh, drive the tractor on the pits. Or if you push, come and shove, I guess I could put a fire suit on and run it down the track for you, you know, if Terry's too tired or... Or Brian can't do it or whoever. You know, or Josh. I mean, it's just, 
you know, just there to help you out. Won't even charge. I guess those those stories, though, were all fairly recent memory. That's something that happened over the summertime. Really, if I'm going to, for me personally, if I'm going to pick a story that was the thing for 2015 that, that really made a splash, it's Travis Schlebach in Bone Twister, what he did back over the winter. Wow. I mean, stepping out, new tractor form, T-Bone tractor he's run for years, coming out with Bone Twister, awesome looking 1466 bare metal um great look for the tractor not something i would have thought of but just great coming out winning gordyville winning cloverdale both times and then coming out and winning louisville sweeping there too you know if you would have asked anybody in this sport back in back on march 1st who's going to be the gn champion in diesel super stock everybody was going to hand him the check in the hardware right then and there done don't even unload him he's the champion didn't translate to the summer, but really, for me, that was the story of 2015. He set this sport on its ear. Everybody was talking about it. You know, another one that we're kind of poo-pooing off, and we really haven't gotten into it, Mr. Rob Foster. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. You know, let's, I hadn't considered him for story of the year, but yeah, if you really, if you're a... Simply you're a, Red, a truck we've seen out on the Grand National Circuit for, what, 14, 15 years now? yeah. You want to talk about smashing the mold? Going to a completely new design chassis. Yes, he had a lot of growing pains with it, but definitely could become very dominant. Speaking of which, Randy Clycamp, you promised on your Facebook page you were going to go in-depth on how that thing got designed. You kept up with it for two weeks and then left us hanging. You're killing me, bro. I mean, awesome looking, I believe, what is it, a 59 Chevy body, 58? Yeah, f- mm, yes. Something like that, yeah. It was, it was a late 50s cameo. Yep. One of my favorite body styles to begin with, but completely taking a chassis that's been proven out there between Foster Child and Simply Red. It was very similar chassis setups for both. And deviating completely from what you've worked with your entire Grand National career, let's go to this completely new design using CAD and computer animations to set this chassis up. Yeah, a lot of growing pains with it, but man, when it was on, it was on. Yeah, yeah. Came out of decal pull back last March, and just everybody talking about this thing stood the world on its ear, really. And you know what? For a, for a maiden season on technology that's that new, I can't call it a failure. Can you? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you're deviating. I mean, let's go to the mods. Mods, you had the wedge channel banner style or tether style chassis, or you ran a chromoly. Yeah. Super stock trucks never got into that. No, they didn't. Now no. we got a full tube chassis truck out there. Yeah, they guys went tube chassis on stuff. Is it a tube chassis or welded up on the original? And no one ever tried to do a channel frame. No, and... At least that we know of. I'm sure there's somebody out there that we aren't giving credit to, and I apologize if we do, because you know what? We're going to do it multiple times to just get used to it. But, uh, you know, just took the world by fire from a guy who lives in a little town of Fairgrove, Michigan. Where? Up in the thumb. Exactly. I would tell you the nearest town's Carroll, but everybody's going, huh? Yeah, they don't know that either. It's north of Detroit by a ways, so, I mean, that's what everybody uses. I'll pull up my Michigan map, but, you can't oh, yeah, see we're it. a podcast, so, so be it. See. 
Nobody can see us point at our hands like idiots. The rest of the nation makes us makes fun of us for that. They make fun of us for more than that. Well, that's all right. We make fun of them for stuff too. I mean, U of M football. I mean, no oh, god. <laughs> but I mean, definitely a lot of cool stuff going out there nationally. Um, something I saw come across a pull-off feed today. Uh, PPL adopting uh, two new classes. One of them being super semis. Classes. I guess we kind of forget that it's one of the newer classes to uh, the national circuit. Really, I miss, the super semis. I missed that. Yeah, right there was the top of the feed at uh, on pulloff.com. Another great reference site if you guys are uh, trying to keep up on the sport of truck and tractor pulling. But, wow, free! We're giving out free plugs. Here you go, Jake and Dick Morgan. Hey, I do what I can, but don't forget us, boys. Uh, sidetracked. We're broke. We need money. <laughs> we're recording out of a basement. Albeit a very nice basement, but we're still in a basement. We're an undisclosed location. Yes, known as One Half Radio Plaza. Life Media Studios. Dead Media Studios. <laughs> the unwitting arbitrator isn't saying anything. I'm trying to get him to it. He just he's just rolling his eyes and shaking his head. Doesn't do anything over Mike, you know. He's a really piss poor hash. I man. can't wait till he gets that soundboard <laughs> loaded. He's gonna be pulling drops all over us. <laughs> well, I'll, I won't be able to talk. I'll be laughing. But I guess we can give a little preview of what we got coming up for our first official show. We get into January. We're gonna get a little bit into the Kentucky Invitational. First indoor major pull coming out of the gate um, for the 2016 season. Also, really cool, Gordyville. Clint Tucker doing an awesome job down there. First time down there last year for me. I believe you too, Charles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, awesome pull. Uh, getting a hell of an opportunity for me. Uh, you have some really weak excuse about sister-in-law getting married. So you she ain't can't, my sister-in-law yet. Yeah. Close enough. Don't even go Might as there. well be. I'll, I'll, I'll claim it. That's fine. I'll own it. She's getting married, so you can't come and join me. Getting our chance to announce uh, a national poll. First time for me. Um, well, I guess one thing we missed was our little bios. Well, I deliberately... We didn't do that tonight deliberately. We'll save that for for, ne- for the next time. Who, who the heck are we and what credibility have we earned other than none? Well, that, what you don't see, being me being over microphone, is I am actually in a straitjacket here right now. <laughs> they they checked me out of the ward for the night. I've got to be back by 9.30, and I know we're creeping up on that, so I'm hoping to get out and uh, actually run the streets a little bit. So, Charles, uh, don't forget to take him back with his helmet this time. Here's your Jello cup. <laughs> the windows taste delicious. <laughs> So I guess with that, I think we can sign off our first unofficial show. My if name's... you ever hear this, you can please give us all the feedback we can handle. Uh, AP at sidetrackpolling.com is the email address. Send it to us. We Seriously, we genuinely do want to know if we're doing a good job, if this is terrible. We realize there's no production behind this. This is literally the preview show. We're making sure the mics work and our headphones and the computers and all that other stuff. You know, Nick's been busy back there doing all that sort of thing while listening to us drone on about stuff he doesn't care about, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, seriously, give us some feedback if this gets out, and you'll know soon enough. It'll get out. We know that. Uh, Not only can you get us at ap at uh, sidetrack.com, 
But uh, also, just shoot us a message over our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow us. Uh, Sidetracked with Armstead and Post. Just pipe, type it in the search bar. Comes right up. We're going to keep you up to date on uh, all kinds of activity. You're going to be able to access our podcast. You know, historical stuff we throw up. Anything that strikes our interest, you know. Plus, whatever's going on that week, if there's something that's relevant that we want you to be able to see and follow along with what we're talking about, it'll be there, too. Yep, so... Well, with that, my name's Andrew Armstead. I'm Charles Posh. And have a good night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away.